A poem is a small machine made of words. William Carlos Williams. Welcome to the Small Machine Talks, exploring the poetry scene of Central Canada and beyond with Amanda Earle and A.M. Kozak. Good morning, afternoon, evening, everyone. Welcome to episode 39 of the Small Machine Talks. My name is A.M. Kozak, and I'm here with uh, my co-host and organizer. Amanda Earle. And today we're going to talk about a few things, all are surrounding, or most of which are surrounding small press, especially a couple of small press functions that Amanda has been to over the past six weeks or so. There are were two very large scale, I guess large scale for the poetry world, uh, events in Toronto and Ottawa. The Ottawa Small Press Book Fair in November. Yep. And then there was Meet the Presses, I believe, in yeah, Toronto. Yeah, Meet the Presses Indie Literary Market, uh, which took place on November 17th in Toronto at the Trinity St. Paul Centre. And Amanda was at both? I was at both. What, I was a vendor at both of these. What events. was the best event, Amanda? Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> comparing. Well, you know, I mean, that's hard. I... When, the thing I liked best about the fairs this time was actually socializing with everyone before and after. Like, uh, so I guess for me, the best the best part of both fairs was was hanging out with people before and after the fairs. And then, other than that, for some reason, I well because I'm also sort of I've been having some small health issues, so I, I was a little bit weak at the Toronto fair. I I'd just been out of the hospital, and I was not as um, I don't know, like I didn't go around as much. I mean, as I as I would normally have done. So for me, I guess no, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say which was bad. They were they were the similar but different. In the 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 Meet the Presses one had more larger book publishers like mm-hmm. Coach House, oh, yeah. and the Ottawa Small Press Book Fair had had more people that I know well. So mm-hmm. I mean, they both had their benefits. Did any of them have flashy displays or ways to get people in giving giving away swag that kind of stuff? didn't see a lot of that at, at flashy displays I wasn't looking for that though and the other thing too is at meet the presses I didn't wander around until like four o'clock I I made this mistake because at the Ottawa small press fair usually it gets quiet by around four so mm. that's usually when I do my walkabout to buy stuff and I wait until they've had the, the vendors have had the chance to sell the things they need right. to sell to others and I walk around then but so I did this for the Toronto one and the problem was that's when it was it was it was cra- really crowded at that oh, point I so i didn't i only bought a couple of things from the toronto fair so um uh that was um that was a pain but the, the toronto one they did something really nice actually they invited um presses from outside of of toronto like who who basically it, say if you wanted to like the ottawa presses for instance they invited us to get a group together and just have like say one person representing them so nina oh, jane dristick came with a bunch of ottawa presses and then i was i was there with angel house press and we shared a table um the um kyle of uh, uh, uh Sorry, Flemmer was there from the Blasted Tree in Calgary. There was a table for Windsor Presses as well oh, yeah. and Rampike and stuff like that. So that I think that's a nice idea and they're going to keep doing it in the future. Mm. And they were they were super organized. I get, I guess one of the loveliest things about uh, the the uh, Meet the Presses is the announcement of the BP Nickel uh, Chapbook oh, yeah. Award and I've never been there for that. Uh, because they didn't ha- they weren't doing it when the last time I was there which was like a, a, a like eight years ago or so so um shu kiao yang your friend yeah, teresa yeah, she uh, well my that. friend too actually she won for her chapbook from baseline press and uh i it was it was really good and and she people got up and talked like uh 
um, Paul Dutton from um, who was you know been been around for a long time was part of the Four Horsemen and he was a friend of B P Nichols because he performed with him he talked and you know it was it, and Stuart Ross talked as as a representative of the fair and then and then uh, she got to say a few words and so did uh, the uh, publisher of Baseline Press it was a very sweet it was a very sweet thing like to see that you know and then it's a lot of money too like the winner gets four thousand dollars it's an anonymous donation by somebody and then the, even the publisher gets five hundred dollars which is donated by a couple of people involved in in writing and Jim Smith and someone else I've forgotten but so it's just a nice thing it's I I, I like that that they had that at the fair you know that they had the announcement and stuff Hmm. and meet the press is that's for all of Canada right the chat book yeah, it, it, yeah, but you have for, to. Or um, the BP Nickel, I mean. Yeah, the BP Nickel Award. It, you have to. I I think the. I'm not sure. I know the author has to be Canadian. I'm assuming that the press also has to be mm-hmm. Canadian. Yeah, because the Angel House Press. A lot of times we publish people outside of Canada, right. and then they're not eligible. But uh, or we have published. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking about small press uh, a little bit lately, and I'm not sure if it's because we we're going to be the topic of this podcast, but I I think over the past couple of years, or maybe more than that now. A lot of the new poetry I've been discovering has been on the internet just because it's easier. You you see a link, you click on it, and then you get to discover something. But because I've been off social, not off, but on it less over the past, you know, six, nine, 12 months, yeah. I haven't been discovering as much completely new stuff. And I've been thinking again about small press and the issue I've had with small press in the past, and it's not an issue, but just the the print run is, is smaller. It's you're you're not going to get as much of a, a distribution as not many people are going to see it. Yeah. Um, but at the the flip side of that is that when I'm when I do have these little these little books, I'm not distracted by everything else going on when I'm clicking on links. I'm not distracted by all the other things going on in my mind when I'm experiencing that thing online. I'm just have the one book here, and I'm able to connect with it I guess in a more focused way yeah and it's and it's not and it's it's kind of kind of funny that it, it takes that separation <laughs> for me to be able to you know yeah. spend quote-unquote quality time with with the work but I've come to a more of a, a reappreciation I think of for the, the physical yeah for the physical book. for the even though it's less practical and and like I said it's it's harder yeah. to distribute but it's 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 kind of nice too it's so events like that where you're able to, you know, it just just because only 20, 30, 40 people are going to get a copy doesn't mean that it's not going to have that yeah. more of an impact than and then there are, people seeing it just online quickly. And there are publishers like Rob. Well, actually, there's no publisher like Rob, Above Ground <laughs> Press. And, and there is one publisher that has a larger distribution. Yeah, yeah. And he <laughs> publishes 250 to 300 copies. Which is quite a bit. And yeah. he has a subscriber list of 110 people. But it's still, like, I mean... You, when you're online, I mean, the, the number of unique visitors for something like Experiment O, which is one of our online publications, is, um, is you know, it's very high. Like, it, unique visitors that are not bots and stuff like that. I mean, so, mm-hmm. and even our own, our own, the Small Machine Talks has, has you know, uh, pretty More, good numbers. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think it depends, too, because it's true that not everyone... Even in this day and age, there are some communities that don't have easy access to the internet. It yeah. sounds, it seems hard for us to understand because we've been, we've had pretty good yeah. access. Well, in your case, for most of your life, I would mm-hmm. think so, yeah. and for mine, for for 
for half of my life so i've had i've had pretty good access so i mean but there are still people who don't so i mean there's 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 i think the thing is that i i people always think it's an either or situation and i always oh, think it's both. like i mean look at magazines that often have online content but are still print magazines yeah. i mean there's actually more pressure i think in some ways for them to establish an online Absolutely, yeah. um, and I like I like both I like it if, if like Inja House Press for the longest time we've had we've had both but now of course we're moving away from I don't know if you know this but we 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 are after as of spring of 2019 will be our last chapbooks mm -hmm. at least last organized planned you know getting submissions and stuff chapbooks so we're moving away from that we don't have the room in our apartment to store mm -hmm. and not everyone's chapbooks sell out and some do but it takes sometimes it takes a few years we only yeah. do 50 copies but and we give the author 10 but still but meanwhile the other things are online for as long as someone wants us to keep it online like if someone said you know please remove my work we would do it but we haven't mm -hmm. been asked that so we have the two magazines nationalpoetrymonth.ca and experimento.com and then we have interviews and different things like that online as well mm -hmm. but the difference is too like the other thing is that a lot of times micro presses pay their authors in copies of chapbooks yeah. so the online ones i mean uh for bywords because we do uh we we are able to, we have been able to get funding from the city of ottawa thank, and it's a lot of work to do and we're very mm -hmm. grateful but we can pay our authors but for things like experimento and national poetry month we're not paying people and i always feel i i, I know that's not the best situation so if someone says no, I, I don't do that. I I completely understand. You know, it's, it's just the way it has to be. So I think there's like sort of there's a bit of a you know an issue with either form mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. So so what else did you notice about the maybe the Toronto the Toronto Fair? What else was interesting to you? Anything stand out? Uh, let's see. Well, uh, yeah. So I said I mentioned that there were more um, book publishers there, um, and that there were some presses from out of town although we have presses from out of town at the small yeah. ottawa small press fair as well uh they don't have a pre-fair reading the night before which i think is too bad mm -hmm. uh i liked uh, like what we did the night what i did the night before is i knew rob mclennan was in town so i asked him if anything was going on and there was a group of people getting together for drinks and that's what we did which was mm -hmm. totally great but not everyone could be there because right. not everyone knew about it and and their table only held like I don't know, seven people or something like that. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I, I think a pre-fair reading is a good idea. I, I think that's well, a... the people around uh, the Toronto Book Fair are listening. Maybe there next you go. year. Pre Do readings. a pre-fair. But I mean, someone they have enough time. to organize with this yeah, fair. Yeah, someone has time and the yeah, building yeah. wants to organize Yeah, it. but what's nice about it is that is that... Um, I mean, the, the ours, like what usually happens is people who are actually going to be at the fair or publishers uh, or, or people whose work has been published by one of the presses at the fair will will read. So like it's it's organized, of course, by Rob, who's organizing the the um, Ottawa Small Press Book Fair. And I know like for Angel House Press, whenever I have a, a reader who's from Ottawa, I usually ask him if they can if they can read, ask him if they can read. And and this time we had uh, Ruth Zuchter, who is living in uh, Toronto, but came down to read from her chapbook, The Mother Suite. So that was great. And I had never I met her at the at the at the Meet the Presses Fair the week, mm -hmm. be the you know, week before. So I think that was that was a difference. But they they had um, the Meet the Presses uh, related to that. There was an event. 
uh, in early November, the night before another event I was going to, which was Concrete is Porous, the exhibit of visual and concrete mm -hmm. poetry at the Secret Handshake Gallery, which I had work in. So the night before that was um, um, something like uh, Sounds Like an H of a Night or something like that it was mostly sound and performance poetry. Mm -hmm. And that was at, um, oh, a place in Trinity Bellwoods called May. A little place uh, yep. there, yeah. So, uh, so that was, but that was a couple of weeks before the fair. So, um, so that would be nice if they had that the night before. Mm -hmm. To my, to my That's mind. where we had the thirty under thirty launch in Toronto. Was that May? Right. Yeah. It that Trinity Bellwoods. Yeah. It's kind of everything shuts down at night. It was almost mm. like being on, in Ottawa or something. <laughs> <laughs> were there any presses in Toronto that you uh, hadn't known before and that uh, you were? interested in or that you noticed yeah well you know i i in fact one in particular but i didn't actually spend any time at their at their table um in toronto but then they came to uh one of their um uh the uh, people representing the press came to ottawa and i actually did so it's publication studio guelph and uh, they what was interesting about them is they have they're actually part of a network of presses uh, that are in different parts of the world the states other places in um, okay. other countries and they do a kind of a print on demand but it's quite nice and they have um they have a whole bunch of different groups there so that one was was interesting to me um what kind of network um well i, I mean uh, there's a there uh, i think they have let me let me look at the ottawa catalog to see if i can i can find yeah yeah um sounds interesting to me yeah let's see here so it's publicationstudio.biz and they say we publish poetry, nonfiction, art books, catalogs, fiction, out of print, reprinted, non-existent books. Um, but I mean, I, if you go to their site, it, it um, they have a lot of things going on. Like I think they also do workshops and things as well. I may okay. I may be wrong. I'm making that clunking sound already. When <laughs> Charles doesn't like. So yeah, they they were they were interesting as well. There was also um, I got a chance to talk to someone from Untethered, which was oh, nice. Yeah. And and uh, did you talk I, to her from Untethered? Uh, I knew you were going to ask me that. And of course I don't <laughs> remember, remember. I don't remember her <laughs> name. But um, it was quite nice because we were looking through. I said I, I was in one of the issues and we looked at the um, issues and. Um, and saw like I and it was my visual poetry, so yeah. that was and she was interested in that. Blasted tree from um, um, from Calgary. I had never met uh, Kyle yet, so I was really excited to mm -hmm. meet him. And he and Simulacrum Press were side by side. Sasha Archer again. I had I had only met Sasha at the Concrete is Porous show mm -hmm. um, the, two weeks ago, and both of them have published work from the Vispo Bible. So they, they it was great, and they have you'll see when we go through. They have a variety of interesting things. Cool. Uh, let me look at this again to see if there's anyone else that I in particular I, I did see uh, Rahila's ghost there and also words on pages I've never seen their work uh -huh. in print before but again I was not really in that in that looking right. closely um, uh, mood so mode so that was that was kind of an issue for me um Knife Fork Book was there with a like uh, Kirby was there with a nice box full of and 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 display of not only the chat books that they've published but also the books that from the book bookstore mm -hmm. so that was good. Um, also, um, Nick Powers Press Gesture Press was there as well. So those yeah, there's a variety of interesting presses there. Were there any new ones in Ottawa that hadn't been there before, or ones that? Uh... Well, you know, that traveled or in in Ottawa, one of the presses that kind of like um, so Avonlea um, 
remind me of her last name fotheringham fotheringham um she was there and she has actually uh published she's been there before with hussey press but now she has published a chapbook by jesslyn delia smith and she may have had other chapbooks there but and she had some broadsides so that's something i haven't seen before um let me see any anything more uh well nina jane dristics and co-collective a loose press of um, ottawa writers and there were some beautiful broadsides mm -hmm. both at both at both fairs and i picked them up at the at, at our fair uh so yeah as far as ones that were new to me at our fair <laughs> i well publication studio guelph i mentioned so mm -hmm. Well, Simulacrum Press, they haven't been at our fair before, so that's that's, that's Sash Archer, not they, but he. Mm -hmm. uh, yes. And... No, that's that's all for me. For I'm I'm becoming such a veteran of these things <laughs> that it's hard for me to... Um... Did anything wild happen or any... <laughs> wild. <laughs> anything crazy, any... Ah, well, let's throw see. a table over or get into an argument or no, no, there was nothing. Oh, spill coffee. Well, I can't say someone was unhappy at the Ottawa Small Press Book Fair uh, and sort of complained to Rob, but that was that was the only thing. And, and <laughs> that that I I was surprised. I don't know if he's ever experienced that in any of the that actually someone actually was really mad and stalked out, uh, away. So oh, that, yeah. that happened. No, but um, yeah, that was the only thing. No one flipped a table, though. Not that I saw, but, no. you know, I mean, there are things I may have missed. Right. I occasionally was not in the room. So, you know, we could start <laughs> that rumor. Someone flipped a table over at the fair. No, and, and you know, I remember many years ago, um, when one of the early fairs at the Ottawa Small Press Book Fair, Laurieann Fuhr uh, was there, and she brought her guitar, and she sat on, on top of a table and played guitar. at that, at, uh, And that was cool. Like, people should do stuff like that at the fair. Yeah. It would be nice in some ways to have, like, I, I think one, a couple of years ago, maybe last year, um, the J.W. Curry and his, uh, his uh, Quator yeah, Galore. Yeah, that was last year. Yeah, that was, they did a little bit of a, perform, a sound poetry performance, mm -hmm. just a very brief thing. Uh, so um, I'm not sure about that, but it, I don't know. I can imagine having little, like, sort of little impromptu readings or things. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, does it detract from people walking around? I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think there's, there's a whole full day of time for that. So... Yeah. <laughs> In Toronto, I ate at the Future Bistro. It used to be called the Future Bakery before the fair and watched people arrive at the fair. So that was fun. And both were good as far as like organization and and, and, and like um, the organizers of um, the Meet the Presses were quite nice. They gave us, uh, we had a six foot table and they gave it because we had a, we were representing a bunch of yeah. Ottawa. So they gave us an eight foot table. So oh, that was nice of them. Two extra feet. Yeah, we got to, and we, and, and Nina needed it. Nina Jane needed it because there, there were, she, she was a bringing lot a lot of stuff yeah. with her and I didn't need so much for uh, Angel House Press and Devil House, but uh, that was about it. The only other thing I'd say about the whole psychology of the small press mm. fair, like any other kind of exhibit and sort of s scenario where there's a group of strangers selling stuff, I still think it's hard for people to approach the tables. Yeah. And I have the same problem. I, I find it awkward to, yeah. to yeah, so... And I don't really know how to combat that. Like there were tables at, at the at Meet the Presses that I should have talked more to people there, but I didn't. Like it was sort of strangely silent, and I well, find it's it uncomfortable because if you're a vendor, you you're there to sell things, right? Number one, and you're also there to you know, either, you know either socialize whatever. But if yeah. you're there to browse, 
you're thinking that if you're interacting with someone, they're going to be pressuring you to buy something and you might feel guilty talking to them and yeah, not buying anything. There's that guilt of not wanting yeah. to. We always have like these uh, button, uh, like uh, Angel House Press or ByWords uh, little uh, pins on the table so people can just take stuff oh, yeah, for free. Like an icebreaker too. Yeah, it's a kind of a thing. It's, it's, it's like if you've ever been, uh, in my old life, I've been, I used to go to those uh, shows and exhibits sometimes at these shows with the big booths and stuff. You always have free stuff to give yeah. away. Like, you know, silly little swag, like yeah. uh, people have pens. I always take pens at, at yeah. the, I mean, even the pens we have now at the table are both from hotels or something like that. So yeah, <laughs> I love that sort of stuff. So yeah. Although I'm not supposed to, I don't know if you're supposed to walk away with the hotel pens, Amanda. Yeah, you are. You're supposed to take them? The pens and the stationery. Huh? Sure. All right. You can do that. Next time you're at a hotel, <laughs> bring, bring me back a, bring me back Marriott a pen. pen. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> All yeah. right. Uh, do you want to take a short break, and then we'll come back and talk about some of the some of the stuff that you've picked up, and maybe a couple of things that I've read that are small press the past All right. month. We're taking a break. All right. Welcome back to the Small Machine Talks, episode thirty-nine, in which we are talking about small press stuff, and now we're going to talk a little bit about uh, what Aaron has recently read. So, because we're doing a small press uh, show today. What I did is I I have a, as many of our listeners might also, I have a very large book collection and I, no. have, a, <laughs> I have a section for small press. Um, and the, the issue with my small press section, as you can see, and as you know, the spines are so small and they can get hidden and lost inside your shelf somewhere. And yeah. it's hard to know what you have. I use magazine racks for you know, those oh, magazine, yeah. those, those, you know, you get them at Staples or whatever, the the cardboard and you they fold out. I don't even have any. Do I? Yeah, I have one on my, oh, on my I shelf. Oh, I see. Yeah. I get those. That's what I use for chapbooks. Yeah, that's not a bad and idea. And then I label the thing. Some people use clotheslines uh, and put them, yeah. string them on. I know Megan Butcher, and a friend of mine, a writer, she uh, she used clotheslines for her. So. Oh, I got to think about redesigning this now. Listeners, how do you how do you store your your chapbooks yeah. and, and micro press items, broadsides, yeah. things of that nature? Yeah. So. So what I've what happens sometimes is I'll go to a, a press like a small press book fair like we've just described and I'll get a handful of things but I don't read them all right away mm -hmm. and sometimes I might glance at them and not read them fully uh, for years or ever I don't know same mine going and often go in tote bags yeah. for years <laughs> so I what I did for this episode is I just took a couple out that mm -hmm. I hadn't read before hadn't read Recognize closely one. before <laughs> and one is uh, yep yeah, one you will at least one you'll have recognized so the first one I'll talk very briefly about they're both quite short so I don't have tons to say but the first one is a John Nula Poetry Award winner from 20 it says 2014 was the winner but published in 2015 yeah that's that makes how it sense? works yeah. yeah so a friend of mine Matthew Walsh yeah um I think he has a book coming out next year as well as first yes. full length which i'm excited about very happy about so here's some like early i guess well it's not that it's only a few years ago so it's not super super early matthew walsh but earlier earlier poems of his and the book was called heal and um what kind of struck me about this book was it's it's like i said it's not super long it's what like 10 poems each about a, a page each and um it kind of talks about using um, place like places in Vancouver, especially yeah. um, to like almost start like a stream of consciousness type of poem. So associative, be, yeah, associative. Of, yeah. That's probably a better word. And um, with within that too, um, 
there he has callbacks in different poems so in a few different poems he mentions something like fire to the rain one of it one is in reference to an Adele song and then he also talks in a different poem about the actual idea I guess of fire rain turning into fire um, I'm probably getting that wrong but you just have to look at the book and uh, see how, how correct my analysis is. Oh, no, here it is. It says, if you if water catches fire, and then one of the poems in an earlier poem, it talks about uh, um, Adele and set fire to the rain, the, the poem before that. We still have copies of that chapbook available. Oh, if, you, if you go to bywords.ca to the store, you, you can still receive. There's still some copies. We do a limited run of 126 copies. Author gets 26, and then we have the rest. So. Mm, yeah. And um, there's also like the same locations will pop up too, which which kind of adds to that associative mindset, the science world in Vancouver, Maine and Hastings, that kind of stuff. Um, and one of the things that I, a technique that I, I notice more and more in poems is that um, the last couple of lines will just have a have a rhyme like at, at the very end of it. So mm, like like a little couplet. Yeah, but not necessarily like broken, like a line break yeah. couplet. So here at the end of the last poem here, Tankers, Earth, maker of the portable toilet, we procreate and expand, fossils, mud, and sand. So you got the and, yeah. sand, rhyme, and he does that a few times in the poems. And I like that, uh, I find ending poems can be uh, difficult because you don't want to summarize. No. But you might also want a sense of ending or a sense of it's the poem is, is done or you're leaving the reader with something, whether it's an image or there's something that ends the poem. And I like I it when poems don't end. <laughs> I, 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 I specifically like that best. Like, a, a, well, I don't know, probably, I, I, there are probably examples like that that I like too. Some poems, it works fine to have a finish, but some, it's kind of nice to sort of, it's like the same with the starting. Like, I, I don't like it always when things start at the beginning. So, I mean, life doesn't really end. Poems, sure. you know, like, doesn't really start, you know, it's everything's a big, you know, continue. So I like things that start and end in the middle. It's more. I guess, oh, but I, I don't necessarily mean like as a narrative ending though, or a narrative mm -hmm, beginning. Mm -hmm. I also just mean like a, a sense of. It feels like it's okay that it's it's done. I think you're not going a, turning the page, going is is there yeah, more? Yeah, like where is, is it? This doesn't seem right. And I think especially <laughs> as a writer, I feel that more even than as a reader. I like it, it better to have the this doesn't seem right feeling. Yeah, because nothing seems right. Sure. Yeah. So I don't want anything to be right at all, actually. But I often I often finish things. I mean, I often feel something is finished. And of course, there's that that old. Um, quote from i guess it's from paul valery a poem is never finished merely abandoned right yeah. so that's how I, I feel like that's sort of but when i'm reading i i i don't feel like a poem is is un, incomplete or anything mm -hmm. like it's like it, it's a sense of incomplete that you're, Maybe, you're concerned uh, so. with yeah well now i'm gonna have to look at endings and yeah, maybe we should have an episode where endings. we look at just endings and be beginnings of poems that'd be but, interesting yeah, yeah. Have a little panel or something um that's the, a good idea the other the other thing is that it's not because because of the this the thing I'm talking about here, how he's doing a rhyme at the end, it's not necessarily that he's it's not a big ta -da. No, it's, <laughs> it's just like almost just like no. a an almost an acknowledgement. It's just it's just like a a way to to end on something that is you know um, yeah. I don't I don't know how to describe it exactly. It just feels like there's it, it almost like that sound of it makes it like at the end of a song. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? It's like 
uh, you, you want to end a song in a way that makes you want to listen to it again. That's what it sounds. It sounds like, like, oh, yeah, it kind of gets in your head. I feel like a rhyme at the end of the poem might be a similar type of thing where it's like you're you're ready to go back and read it again. Or you're ready to like ready for it to stay in your head. Huh. I don't I don't know how to how to think about that. Now, I just want to go and, and read endings of poems now. So see you later. I'm going to read endings for poems. <laughs> So that sounds the, interesting to me. That's the Matthew Walsh uh, book. Um, and the other one I read is uh, one from 2017, it looks like, copyright 2017, um, from Above Ground Press, Robin Clennon, we talked about earlier. Um, this is Stephen Collis' book. Oh, yeah. Stephen Collis, I. Stephen Collis is one of those guys who I, um, I've come across many times. Um, especially through more of my um, political, environmental, yeah, environmental related. But he's, I find him difficult. I find him difficult to read. Mm-hmm. I find it uh, harder to uh, get into. So it takes more effort for me to sit yeah. down with it. And it has some similarities with the Matthew Walsh book in that it's various. This one is very associative. Place and place. Based. And place, exactly. Yeah. But and this, West, pl- it's a game. Another West Coast, yeah. BC is calling to you, isn't it? It always is calling to me. I worry. I worry. Don't you worry, everyone? I worry. That I'm going to leave? Yeah, don't, don't leave. Oh, I almost certainly will at some point, especially when the the winters here kill me. But anyways, the what this book was a, a lot the the other thing about this the short um, feels like just one poem really the this chapbook by Stephen Collis. What's it called? The chapbook. First sketch of a poem I will not have written. <laughs> it's on like a the thing that keeps coming up is a theme of like limits and borders, mm. and that's in relation to uh, countries' borders, political borders, space itself writing like the border of what's a, a, a book or a, a piece of writing and not uh, personal borders borders between people so that I, whole idea of limits and what sets off one thing to the next and it's almost feels like a stream of consciousness sort of interrogation in comparison of that kind of uh, kind of thing um so he has he repeats things like recursive loop input. Uh, so <laughs> that makes see, sense as that's repeated. <laughs> yeah, you see what I mean. Yeah, it does. You see what I mean though when there's language like that. How it's it can kind of be more. Um, it's abstract. It's abstract. abstract. It can be more difficult for me to get into yeah. it and pay attention, I guess. And this this is the type of poem maybe as I'm thinking about it that might help for it to be printed rather than than online because it's more of a allows me to focus more, focus more on it. Um, there's a couple of lines I like I might read. Well, I, I not might, I will read. Uh, <laughs> the pop songs tell us nothing but the nothing we have always needed to know. Um, <laughs> writing as problem solving in the age of insoluble problems. I like the idea of writing as problem solving. I think a lot of us, or at least I kind of got into writing as a, as a kid. Yeah. Uh, not like as a formal poet or anything, but as a way to like sort of just sort out what Talk I was Talk through thinking. things to yeah, yourself, exactly, right? Yeah. I, yeah, same too. My, my first writing was, was, was journal or diary. Yeah. I was journaling. And often I think yeah. there's still a component of that when I'm, when I'm writing things yeah. too. It's not the same type of problem necessarily, but it's still working out ideas or yeah. working out things. Or I have certain obsessions that come out in my, in my writing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't realize it until they're they're I'm writing them mm-hmm. or having written. There's another couple lines. If you go out and look for the economy, it is hard to find. Desire to become cosmos, to live in the limitless connection of all things. <laughs> oh yeah, there's some. Uh, and in the end, I like to. Uh, so we don't dare walk away from the deal since God didn't die; he was translated into money. <laughs> yeah, 
That's yes, interesting. So and he's, he's written a lot of interesting in things too. And he he has that he has that uh, renown of having um, been um, been uh, sued as the part of a, a lawsuit uh, for the oil uh, thing out west. Yeah. yeah. It, now that I'm thinking about it too, as we talked or earlier conversation today, it was the idea of an ending. It doesn't feel like there is a lot of. Um, finality in in his writing it's still mm-hmm. it's always very like it feels like it keeps going on and maybe this is another, another one of the things i find harder to like mm. there's a lack, lack of a foothold for me but when you pick out just ideas in it and thoughts or different lines in it you can like oh yeah you know what i mean it, 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 you you get something from it but it feels less like a complete work maybe yeah i i can say have you have you ever like some people write to um some people um they're they're even when with books a book is not the end of like they, they kind of do their life's work through a series of books i'm thinking of like bp nickel and the martyrology mm-hmm. or stephen ross smith's flutter tongue series which is excellent but yeah there's there's they, they continue from book to book so i don't know stephen collis's work well enough but possibly his writing is like even with rob mclennan i find that like mm. i find a lot of times i feel like the book the book isn't really the unit like mm-hmm. it's, it's bigger than the book you know the like, unit is the person and the book is just a piece of it, it's that? just like us like their whole life's work like their whole we say the pretentious word i guess is the word of right the whole the whole work you know mm. of a person is not well when you look at art sometimes too like you wouldn't you wouldn't say you wouldn't look at one piece of art as representative of the person's thing or a finality, right? It would be. I don't know that we continue. Yeah, I think you're right, and I think as an artist, that's how we would think about, it, or as yeah. a creator, we would think about that. But if I think about just the average person who's consuming art or viewing art, mm. for the most people who are reading a book or seeing an artist painting or hearing a song, it's a it's final. One. There's really? one. Oh. Yeah, I think people usually get famous for one thing, and that's what you think really? about. What I think, think it's about? true that they can get famous for one thing, but I'm not sure that it's necessarily. I think that's a frustration of the artist too, right? Oh, I think you're yeah, absolutely right. Yeah, yeah. So right. maybe there is that tension between the individual piece or or chapbook or 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 poem or like what do you think and, about uh, when you think about uh, da vinci you're probably gonna think about the mona lisa or, or yeah mostly the mona lisa yeah, yeah but he, i'm sure he painted i think like, about those things yeah i think about that uh the vitruvian di- man thing yeah yeah, yeah that's yeah. the one i, I a couple I, things or just like the representative yeah. but when i think about mark rothko i don't think about that i think about the whole series i think about uh, yeah series there's probably and... a difference in there's some people yeah. who it's more of a yeah there's several things you think about but i also th- I also think that those artists or writers who have that sort of one iconic work or one work that yeah. is thought about more often, they yep. stand the test of time more. Maybe mm. maybe because it's easier for us to think about that. But I find time. like it's like for instance, George O'Keefe was known for her flower paintings. Yet some of the other paintings that she did, like especially the sort of white bones and the desert ones and skeletons and stuff like that, they are to me remarkable. The flower poem, the flower poem, see, the the flower pieces are okay, but I mean, so sometimes like, I think that's, that's actually too bad. Like, I think it's a shame, you know, like, like, it's like songs too. like some, like if you're, if you're sort of made to sing the same song, that's your, you're singing, and you know, you can have a rock star poem. Like I, I, some people want to have the same, hear the same, you do the same poem over and over again sometimes. And I don't, I don't like that. Like when that, I don't Mm -hmm. always like, I mean, sometimes I do depending, but, but um, yeah, so I, 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 I think we should be aware of that. But as writers, 
do we want people to feel like something we've done is final? Probably, probably not. Eh? Probably not. I guess not. But I, I think too, if you if you looked at I talked to a writer at the end of their career, and we're just we're to ask them like, what would you have rathered, or, or compare different writers who maybe had one really big hit, quote unquote, with some another writer yeah. who had several like smaller hits would you we'll like to have it. had a big hit what's better yeah what's what's better do you want to be remembered for one thing that maybe not re representative of of who you are yeah. or what you're trying to do or do you want to be someone who isn't as re re remembered and you're just kind of fading away but you what people do read of yours or remember of yours if they do remember you is is more representative of who, who you were and what you were trying to do and what's more interesting. I don't know. I don't know. These are, I these know are deep questions for a Sunday morning on, very, I think on a little bit of coffee. it's the afternoon now at least. Is it the afternoon? Okay. Well, that's all I had to say about those books. If you don't want to take one more quick break, should we get into your uh, some books that you did and I'm going to get some more coffee. All right. We're going to have a coffee break. Everyone grab their coffee cups and <laughs> fill them up. All right, and for our last segment today, I have a box that Amanda has uh, put in front of me. A cookie that has box. A cookie box that has uh, quite a few uh, small press publications. And what I'm going to do is I'm not going to take all of them out. Actually, I might take all of them out, but I'm not going to talk about all of them. I'm going to pick some random ones out, and then I'm going to quiz Amanda on uh, quiz. <laughs> things about them that uh, she... I haven't read may any. May or may not. She has not read, read any yet. of these. She just has these in front. This one looks actually very interesting. Uh -huh. uh, okay. Volodymyr Bilik has... Uh, oh, yes. What is this? Lisa Simpson Poems. The yes. author is Volodymyr Bilik, though. Yes. And it's called Lisa Simpson Poems. Oh, like the character Lisa Simpson, I'm guessing, from The Simpsons. Yeah. And it's like... It looks like almost found because it's looked like there's ripped out pages of a book, but I'm not sure if it actually is. I believe so. And then, oh, interesting. And on top of these pages, there's like almost like little haiku like things, um, like stickers on here. So, the, yeah, so this oh, is. Oh, design printed and bound by Sasha Archer. Oh, you're just talking about that. Yeah, Simulacum Press and uh, Volodymyr cool. Bilic, who's a very, who also runs uh, Brave New Words and is from Ukraine and also writes a lot of experimental stuff and does visual poetry. And I, I, while I did not pick that up at the fair because Sasha mailed it to me with, mm. with uh, my own chapbooks that, that he published, it is something that was available at the fair. So I put it in there as an example. What I, what I think is interesting about Simulacrum, Simulacrum Press is that Sasha, he basically he doesn't limit himself to the standard five by five, five times eight by five page for yeah. the chapbook, the standard chapbook size. He does all, and you'll see in that box if you look further, he does all kinds of interesting things, posters, smaller and larger works. You'll see, it's it's quite fun. Yeah, this is, um, and the cover looks like uh, saxophones, uh, which Lisa Simpson plays, Played. I think. That yeah, makes sense, cool. yeah. So I'm guessing then all the uh, pages that the stickers are on are not written by the author of this book they're found and then they put the stickers on top of the the pages looks like that yeah so it's a i guess it's a form of altered book in a way isn't it which yeah. is fascinating so it's both a, both an artist book and a series of poems yeah and it's almost like a visual poem. yeah sure maybe. well because it's altered books i mean mm. i always think of visual poetry as something that also contains altered books as well and collages mm. and acemic writing well we're gonna have to get back to that on our next uh, visual poetry um episode and uh 
Yeah, we got to think about if we want to have other people on there yeah, as we're, well. Yeah, we're thinking of having a whole episode devoted to visual poetry. So if anyone wants to come on and talk yeah, about or visual even poetry. Ideas or let us know. Yeah, you should let us know. Another Silmiola compressed thing. So this one is uh, by J. McCoy King. Is that correct? I don't know. <laughs> what is this? This looks like a musical... I don't even know how to describe this, Amanda. It's like, so there's like a piece of paper inside of this... A like, little sleeve. Yeah, like a sleeve of So it's paper. a broadside. Okay, so it's a broadside. All right, yep. we're getting some language behind this. Good. It's like playing charades. It's fun. Only you guys can't see. Isn't this entertaining? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what this is. What is this, Amanda? What do you What do you call this? I would call it a, a visual poem. A visual poem? Yes. Okay, so... I can't see it from here because I don't have my glasses on. Okay, the term being exercised is tone. Each accented O corresponds to one of five tones in standard Chinese. Oh, interesting. The poem should be read as one continuous syllable with various tones added and for as long as the breath allows. There you go. So it's a sound poem. Oh. It's a transcription of a sound poem. And again, this is another example of the variety of work that Simulacrum, simulacrum Press puts out. I normally can pronounce that. I, don't, I guess I haven't had enough coffee. Is Simulacrum Press sponsoring uh, this, this section of the episode? Or? Yes, it is. Well, <laughs> Sasha stayed us with us. The, the, it's 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 uh, publisher stayed with us the night the night uh, a couple of nights during the small press fair here. So uh, we yeah. accept scotch um, as yes, our. <laughs> that's right. Totally. Um, another. Uh, this is from the blasted tree I just picked out. It looks like a little tiny baby yes, book. Yes. Yes. This is a little purple. Uh, little purple. It's called chapel. Sovereignty by Franco Cortez. Yes. So interesting. The the words seem like it's very like. Middle Englishy, ye overt sign toys veering, sever toying, verse toying, eaves orgy tin. All so anagrams get, of know. the word sovereignty. Oh, uh, I get it. Yes, I get it. The blasted tree is from is Calgary, and it's yeah. it's Kyle uh, Flemmer, and um, he uh, he does all kinds of interesting really nice stuff. I, I would say that Simulacrum Press and the Blasted Tree are kind of counterpoints in that they're both doing a lot of stuff that is different from just the standard chapbook size. They're they're focusing quite heavily on visual poetry. So. Yeah, I was going to say both of these. Um, yeah. the ones that I've picked out. So maybe that's why I'm picking them out is because they look unique and look interesting yeah look like i want to play with it a bit exactly well, that's fun and I, I some of us i mean uh some people really like uh the handmade uh book and there's also yeah. other types of books too they, they, I mean, that's the point of, of a micro press you can do basically basically anything in limited runs well this is desert pets press uh katrina wright is the, is the, is the one, editor of and Desert then, Pets uh, Press. Jocelyn Valencia is the poet. Yes, Lilith. This is, yeah, this is very nicely put together. Yeah, I... This I, is a really nice page, is a piece of paper. I love the work of Jacqueline Valencia, and um, I was I was pleased to see that she had a chapbook out. I haven't read it yet, but I'm looking forward to yeah. it. Lilith, yes, is the yeah, name Katrina of the Katrina Wright's a really good editor, too, I think. Katrina is a... She's a good writer and a good editor yeah. and a former Ottawa resident and poet here, so... Yeah, this is really... Um, Sometimes I think about uh, staple bound mm -hmm. um, in, a, in a book like this that isn't as visual as what we just were discussing. Yeah. It's still very nice, but it's not yeah. it's not as atypical visually, but it's it, it has a staple bound. So you might think that it's just not aesthetically pleasing, but this yeah. actually is very nice yeah. looking as well. So you go to show choice the, of paper, it's layout and design. It's there are black end notes in the in the, yeah. in the front and back. And there's different couplers yeah. of paper there, yeah. yeah. So you can still have a very clean you looking can. chop book yeah. that still looks very professional well put together and yeah. not like super expensive either, I'm gonna guess. Um yeah, yeah this is really this is really nice looking. Um 
Cool. Have you any other any thoughts about this or? Other than that, I've been looking forward to it, and uh, and I haven't read it yet, but uh, I suspect it will be good. Yeah. We published uh, a work. Angel House Press published the story of Lilith by Sean Braun, uh, uh, maybe last year. Lilith so, yeah. is a very interesting. I'm guessing they're talking about the biblical yeah. character. Uh, I've pre Eve. Yeah. Pre Eve. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've been meaning to like do more reading about uh, about Lilith because that's a very interesting. Uh, also a character on Frasier. Do you remember Lilith? From, yeah. yeah. Have she we was... talked about this before? No, not us. No? I don't think so. Well, after two Having and a half years on the podcast, maybe. you never know, we might have talked about yeah, it. Yeah, maybe we have. Oh, here's another cool looking book. I really like this cover, actually. This, this is, is a... Um... Razikra Revolva. Yes. Right. Oh, Gap, Riot Press. Yeah, they're yes. really cool. Uh, excellent, yeah. Yeah, this looks really nice. And what's the title? The title? Um, if You Forget the Whipped Cream. You're no good as a woman. <laughs> this is a beautiful book. Wow, people are really putting together some nice books these days, eh? I think so, yeah. And, and you know, I mean, I think some people think that we have to, like, the only kind of good chapbook is handmade chapbook. And I think that stinks as a as an aesthetic. I think that's fine. But I, I love the hand handmade uh, uh, stitched chapbook. But I don't think it's the only way to make a chapbook. I think you can print it. I think yeah. you can even do commercial printing. I think there's a lot you can do. And all the forms are valid. She's got some, there are also some some illustrations in there yeah, as well. Yeah, this is a very, dy and this, it's not a super long book, but it's very dynamic. There's like, the first couple pages is like uh, poems that are like set up, the words are set up in a certain way and the page like look like um, shapes. Mm -hmm. And then there's some of the, there's some like visual, like almost like a like a collage with like one line over it like one line of text over it so kind of an erasure or possibly i don't think it's an erasure okay. but it's it's i don't know what you call that i just call it for now i'm just called a visual poem with my blurry eyes from here. <laughs> they're it's... all visual poems there's some visual aspects to all of them and there's one that has like uh words transcribed over other words um and then there's also like a a little picture at the end like a little like a polaroid oh yeah apparently everyone gets a different or, or there's a few different ones you can get oh, and if you notice cool. too that uh, razikra's uh, autograph in the front yeah i did notice if that. you notice then this is what she did this was quite nice she applied lipstick and she kissed the page oh how, how it was lovely and how everyone intimate. wanted that chapbook i'm telling you <laughs> um I, yeah, I don't know how to put this Polaroid back in, so I'm going to leave it to you because I want to break it. All right. Um, but as, uh, this looks cool as well. So. Gap Right Press, 2018. Yeah, this is really nice looking. All right. Okay, I'm going to put it. I'm going to stop reading because I'm supposed to be talking on a podcast right now. <laughs> he's, long, he's forgotten already that he <laughs> was. Forgotten that I'm on air. Um, oh, a cool little bookmark, actually. This is nice. Um, what else do we got in here? We got, uh, this is a thicker one. This is the press I was telling you about, the uh, the publication oh, studio. Yeah. So this is an example. That was, I don't remember her last name, Candace. And she was at the Ottawa Small Candace Press Book Fair. Yeah, and, and also uh, other members of her team were at the Exposine that day, which was on the same day in Montreal. And also we're at the, the Meet the Presses Fair in Toronto. So again, this is a collective, a group that... Um, They're called And Collective? No, no, and collective. She is part of the newly formed and collective oh. a group of poets that workshops regularly within P.S. Guelph's bookmaking studio space. That's that's different from our and collective, which is uh, oh, and co-collective. Sorry, that's that's with uh, Nina Jane and others. Okay, so I don't know anything. People about love it. ampersands. Yes, I actually I, my previous poetry workshop group was 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 uh, loosely called ampersand. <laughs> well, interesting. You never kind of there agreed. should be a history of uh, the ampersand. ampersand uh, 
groups. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. Collectives, yeah. So yeah, so that's that's her that's her book of poems. What's the book called? Yeah, it's, it's called Row. Yeah, yeah. Just, and she, yeah, it's a thicker one. It's like a quite a long chapbook. It's like sixty-two pages. Yeah, which is more of a book, isn't it? I think uh, the official UNESCO definition of a chapbook is thirty-two pages or fewer. Oh. And but there's also a definition for a book that's something like I can't remember. Who cares what UNESCO says? I don't know. Um, this, okay. There's okay. I better I better get moving here because we're gonna be running out of time. <laughs> the best monsters by Pun Punit Dutt. Yes, Punit. Better monsters. Sorry, another longer one, sixty six pages. That, well, that's wow. a book, and that's oh, from Mansfield Press. And Punit Dutt is is involved with uh, Cantheus. She's on the board of Cantheus. Oh yeah. And uh, yeah, so that I've I've want I wanted to. I think her book just came out. Was it this year or last year? Anyway, I I've been wanting to pick it up. Mansfield Press was at both fairs and uh, you know what's funny about having attended both fairs some things I saw at Meet the Presses that I decided mm -hmm. I didn't decide to pick up until until I went the second to, time yeah so yeah so I'm interested interesting. in her writing I, I really haven't read anything that she's done so um, this poem is interesting title Ober Cider and Whiskey in Hotel Rooms doesn't that sound evocative yeah, it, it does sound evocative yes like, Ooh, I want that there? actually I want all of those things Here's a book from Anvil Press from Alison Chisholm on the Count of None. Yeah, uh, mm -hmm. and that's a feed dog book. Uh, yep. uh, so An that's imprint, a Stuart yeah. Ross imprint. Oh, cool. And Alison read at the pre-fair reading, and she was excellent. Was she was yeah. wonderful, and I, I really loved um, her work. It was it was it was you know I mean Stuart has a has a tendency to like minimalism. He likes stuff that that goes a little bit off reality, and is I don't know it's quite smart. Yeah. I think a lot. So I really liked her, and she was charming as well. She says, feed dog book um, dedicated to contemporary poetry under the influence of surrealism. There you go. So that makes sense. Oh, sense. Yeah. So I think wanna... it's, it's. I mean, there haven't been that many feed dog books yet, maybe three or four. This mm -hmm. one, Stephen Van Wright's uh, Selected, I can't remember the title of. And, there, you know, I think there's maybe a fourth one coming out soon. So it's cool. a great honor, I think, to have been selected to do yeah. a feed dog book. So that's good. Yeah. Um... Ooh! What is this? This is a collection of the grunge papers. Yeah, so so um, Grant Wilkins is a regular oh, yeah. uh, vendor at the Ottawa Small Press Book Fair, and he makes paper. Is one of the things he does, and so that I I collect. I got a a bunch of uh, paper, a six sheets of paper that he hand makes, and he. They're beautiful pastel colors. Like a... My thing about this is I'm afraid to break it because it's so... It's you like can break it. It's paper. It's like a work of art. It's like a visual I'm gonna art, use, though. I'm going to use that for, for, for books of whimsy. I'm going to oh, yeah? actually... I'm going to put paint on it. Don't listen, Grant. I'm going to put paint <laughs> on it. I'm going to make little prints from it, blobs of paint. I'm going to use the texture. that I got that specifically for the texture. Oh, and you were mentioning Jess, uh, Jess Lindelia Smith's um, chapbook that Avonlea was selling called The Less Failure. Is this what you picked up? Yes. It's like in an envelope, which is cool. It is in an envelope. Okay. He's not opening that, though. And that's from Hussey Press. Well, geez, I'm only like a quarter way through this giant uh, cookie box and we're running out of time. So I'm just going to get a couple, bring a couple more out. So we got, uh, what do we got here? Um, oh, we got streaking violets in envelopes, too. What yes. Is, is envelopes a new trend that I just am only now finding out the, about? The or? trend of the envelope. There are three broadsides there. And each one of those broadsides has a different different sort of um, little um, binder for it. One is uh, blue jeans for J.C. Bouchard. Another is this sort of green um, green uh, material for Rob McLennan. And mm -hmm. Rachel Simpson's, I, I can't remember hers, but it was very nice. And there's also like little paintings of flowers and they're very nice. Yeah, so it's mm -hmm. good. 
the new issue of the Ottawa Art, or the last issue of the Ottawa Arts Review, I believe, is you've got yeah. in your hand now. Is this the last one? Uh, no, well, the most, the most recent. Okay, was it? 20, I, 2017, it says. I think so. They 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 have an event coming up on the 16th. I think they're going to have they? a, a, an event where they're. Um, it's a celebration of the magazine. I oh mean, yeah. They're fly the the chapbooks are flying off the tables, folks. Okay, a couple more, a couple more. Ooh. Oh, what is this? This is huge. That is a, another simulacrum simulacrum Waterlight press. Waterlight by Andrew. It's Brenza. beautiful. It's a. I would say it's a. It's a. It's a artist book or a visual po poem. But it, it's it's a long like it's how long is that? It's like is that like fourteen inches long or something like that? Uh, I don't know. It looks and like a. It looks like um like a full like the size of a full scap almost. Yeah. But like cut in half. Yeah, and so it's long and, and quite lovely. And the tessellations here, what's this? Do you know what this those is? Are, yeah, those are okay. So those are all the uh, broadsides by by. Let me let me just get the name right again of the of the group and Co Collective, which is a loose press of Ottawa writers self publishing their work and the work of others. This year, the publishers include Nina Jane Dristic, Conyer Clayton, Ian Martin, Manahil Banduquala, Mia Morgan, and others. So those are a series of lovely broadsides that Manahil illustrated. And they feature the uh, members of the press, I believe. If you look on the back, it says Anco Collective. I hope mm -hmm. so. <laughs> so yeah, so I, I saw them at the Meet the Presses ta uh, table, uh, in, in the Ottawa table, and then I um, I picked them up at uh, at the at the at Meet our fair, the small press. Cool, and I'm gonna do one more, and it's uh, the Clot Thickens by William A. Davidson. Oh yeah, it's very fun. very thin, uh, like bookmark size, long bookmark sized book i guess yeah and 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 the clot thickens sky. hilarious so puddles of sky is a press out of kingston run by michael castiles again he is someone who does lovely handmade books and he was he whenever you see him at the fair he always he always spends his time stitching so he was actually making those as as uh, he was putting them together <laughs> as some of them together as a, and yeah he's it's an interesting press and he does all kinds of different things again he's very focused on minimalism and he mm -hmm. also publishes visual poetry so that just looked like fun to me i love any kind Kind of pun and play on words so it's a long thin thing menaced by the ghost of cheese the sisters retreated into the cavern of reverberant blunders there you go <laughs> and you want to just laugh at this so those are some examples of the great uh, the great stuff i picked up at both fairs all right yeah i think that um that covers it i think that's good yeah it's a wrap all right so, so you, anything else that you wanted to mention about the anything no, other than uh, I, I mean, I I don't know. I'll try to put up links to these various uh, mm. things on the, in the Angel House Press um, site. And uh, thank you to everyone for listening. Thanks to my co-host Am Kozak, and uh, yeah. thanks to everyone who helped us with the podcast. Yeah, and if you have any thoughts about anything that we've discussed today, uh, feel free to comment or yeah. to share the podcast and your thoughts with with uh, the share and right, yeah, on, on twitter or on facebook or, or just email to your, to your parents yeah whatever to yourself privately yell right. yell on the street and to everyone who um, have uh, i guess we won't be speaking to you again until 2019 so have a happy oh. holidays ha a happy new year if if, if it happens and, uh, <laughs> and uh, the new year happens have that's a happy it. one all right all thanks. right thank you very much Small Machine Talks with Amanda Earl and A.M. Kozak. <laughs>